You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we're scratching The Itch to talk to the new guy. We're doing part two of our interview with Rob and Jason of Nonpoint. And this one, uh, we're going to go into more depth with Jason about how he came to be part of the band and what that experience has been like for him over the past year and a half or so. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about this interview is you can't see it, but he had a hat on the entire interview <laughs> and I had no idea he had gorgeous dreads. Uh, and so when we shared the last episode and you had the picture with it, that was actually the first time I learned that he had dreads, even though uh, at some point in the interview, Rob does say he has the look for nonpoint. And I didn't know what the hell that meant at the time. It makes sense now. Yeah, I think the rule of thumb for nonpoint is that unless you're Rob, you need to have dreads. <laughs> and so, Rob is Rob is the exception to the rule because you have to have some contrast, you know. <laughs> That's right. But Jason, if you're listening, Dan was very inspired by by your dreads. He's a short haired <laughs> man, but he is a bearded man, and uh, so he's thinking that you know we, we might have to hit you up in like a year or two. He's going to grow that beard out, dread it up, and see if that's enough for him to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> to, to join nonpoint i i did get permission from my wife to grow it out like the the guitarist or bassist of five finger death punch I think it's <laughs> oh my gosh did you show her the photo of the yes, guy from five finger yes, death punch heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got it i got permission so it's happening man it's so happening, it's happening. <laughs> we're gonna have nonpoint back on in two years and we're gonna have a dreadlock contest <laughs> except for dan's will be growing off his face <laughs> <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the band also was very excited to talk about their new single and everything that they got going on. And, and as they kind of allude to, they already have an EP ready pretty much to be rele- to release that they all have been listening to. And I'm excited. I, I can't wait after the, hearing Ruthless. It, it's definitely going to be awesome to hear more new music from them, especially when they don't have any restraints now that they're kind of their own bosses. You know, they seem to have a very strategic plan for how they're going to release this stuff and keeping it close to the chest and all that stuff. But there's still a part of me that regrets that we didn't ask them if we could get a little, little preview, listen to that EP and the tracks that are finished. <laughs> they, they probably wouldn't have done it because they're, you know, confidentiality. This is a make or break situation. Oh, sorry, this is a, this is a high stakes situation for them. And so they're probably not just going to let anybody who says, Hey, can I hear it? Hear it. <laughs> but uh you know for fear of leaking or anything like that but man i still still kind of wish we'd have taken our chance yeah <laughs> but we will hear it soon enough and i'm sure it will be awesome as ruthless was we're just going to support them by listening to ruthless a thousand times so those so those streams amp up that's yeah. how it works gotta work with the algorithm gotta make them their money well we hope that you enjoy listening to the interview as we did giving the interview despite some of the uh technical difficulties that we had throughout it, (laughs) but uh, we want to definitely thank Jason and Rob for their time. But without further ado, here's part two of our interview with Nonpoint. Rob, you and Elias have been the anchors of Nonpoint, but we definitely wanted to talk to Jason about joining the band and getting signed on 
as the uh, the fifth lead guitarist in the band's history. <laughs> no, man, we've had that side is cursed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all stood in the stage uh, right. Is the stage right? And I, I have a theory behind that too. It's because Rob's drum set is always pointed. He's always mean mugging the guy on that side of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll tell you, don't fuck up. I'll tell him, don't fuck up. Rob scares people out of the band. <laughs> yeah. It's like that looming, it's like that looming shadow presence behind you the whole time. I'm gonna like, turn around. I'm gonna point to Rashid. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my theory on that though. You know, you know, Jason, you, you joined the band in 2019 just before everything hit the fan for the whole world. I got to figure if this yeah. guy weathered the storm for that whole year, <laughs> I signed with a band and then could do almost nothing. You're probably okay for a while. I feel like that's that's a pretty good testament that you didn't just like be like, you know what? I'm going to get a job doing something, you know, else <laughs> because apparently music is shut down. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't stopped working. I actually do still have a day job when obviously when we're, I, when we're not touring, when we go out, I, I have all the freedom in the world at my job still. I don't have the royalties that these, that these guys have built up over the years. So. <laughs> That's fair. But I don't, I, don't plan on, I don't plan on doing it forever because I, I sure would like to just make music for the rest of my life. That's the whole, that's the goal, the ultimate goal. How did you end up uh, getting attached to these guys? How did you end up meeting the band and, and, um, beyond that, like, were all these these irons in the fire that we're talking about already there when you joined, or did you get to kind of participate in like the origins of those things too? I was always asked to be a full participant from the moment I was asked to be a part of the band, mm. like officially. So that was amazing to be brought in as a full fledged member with a one fifth opinion. Like, you know, I never, I still was reserved. And I would still hold off to see what everybody else said first or wait till they asked for my opinion because I felt like I shouldn't always give it because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I just I'm, I'm excited to be playing music with this amazing group of guys. And and they are, even though we're all getting a little bit older, these guys are like kids every day. <laughs> They're like I can honestly say, I mean, I don't know how it is with every other band, but like, again, going back to our social media presence you can I, I i hope that everyone can see that we we genuinely like each other we genuinely get along and we genuinely hang out on the regular all of us <laughs> it's it's really great so it makes it easy all the decision making it makes everything easy jason you actually kind of gave me like a scare in one of those videos you guys just put out there's this scene where jason's got the camera and he's like we just had like our first rehearsal together everybody's fighting nobody's getting along i don't know what i'm gonna do and i was like holy crap is this about to get real dramatic and then he's like i'm just kidding it was fantastic i'm like this this dude just like gave me a heart attack in the middle of this video <laughs> I, I definitely did not tell anybody i was doing that because it's like we started planning all this stuff and frankie was like look you guys have to do a confessional like real world style yeah. like talk to the camera and tell us how you're feeling about things and, <laughs> and be, be open and honest and vulnerable. So just one day I was like, I'm going to be a smart ass. And just, just set, I'm gonna, when, when I send all this footage in, I'm going to, you know, and I forgot all about right. it. And then a week before, a week before that document episode went live, Elias is texting me and he goes, Oh my God, dude, what you just said. And then the way you completely turned it around, it's like the, the funniest, greatest thing ever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what, 
I'm like, oh no, I'm scared. What did I say? Cause I don't remember. I thought it was something serious that I went through and said, and then, and finally, after a, like, after I'm thinking about it for like a half a day, I'm like, oh, I remember now. <laughs> but then I, I didn't see the video until everybody else saw yeah, it too. Yeah. So it was, it was like, it was funny. That ex- I had no idea that existed or he had done that. I saw that for the first time when we re- when uh, Frankie sent us the video. And I was dying laughing. I said, oh, shit, that's a pretty cool old twist right there. It was. You, you really suckered me in on that. I was like... They- brings uh, some comedy into the situation <laughs> the comments and the threads on social media for that like there because when that premiered like like i think there was a live chat when that premiered so in some of the social media threads people were watching it as they were in a live chat and there was multiple people going no bullshit i don't believe them. this is not true no way and then they're all like and then they all did the face palm and they're like oh jesus he got us and i'm like oh that's good <laughs> they're like oh new guy got jokes he sure did. He sure did. So was it really easy to just kind of fit into that chemistry? I mean, you said everybody gets along. It kind of seems that, you know, Rob and Elias and all the band members have been friends for quite some time. Did you feel like, do you just like fit right in or was there a little bit of a, a learning curve to that? I have a, we have a, a, a huge seventh degree of separation in this band. I've known Rashid for 20 years. Oh. 10 years before Nine Point. Our bands played together and then. I met Adam after, you know, some lineup changes and Rashid and Adam played together. And then even uh, our management, Frank, he owned clubs and booked clubs around the area. And I knew him and hung out in those clubs all the time. And just the sound guys and people, we all, I didn't know Elias and Rob at all, but that was easy. I knew Rashid and trusted him and he's, he brought me in and, or at least vouched for me for, Whoever, I think maybe, I think Frank had sent my profile to Rob or something like that when they were looking for people. And then Rashid vouched for me and it all was like just a cakewalk from there. Can I just note also from those videos that Rashid just strikes me as just a genuine stand up dude? There's nobody that can say anything negative about Rashid. Yeah. That guy knows more people in the city of Chicago than anybody I've ever met. In my life, and, and and he is like possibly him and Adam and Jason. They're like come from this world where there's just generally nice. And me and Elias, and we've been around for a long time. We're different people. Like we've uh, seen the dark side of the industry more so than more than them. So we're we're not as nice when it comes to certain things. And we're nice people, but we we know what's going on, you know, and and we try to to make sure that. You know, we don't get the the heave ho again. We know about certain situations, but like Rasid and Jason Adam are three of the nicest guys. I mean, <laughs> I've ever met. Adam is like one of the most. He's very low, he's very quiet guy, but super cool. But yeah, but Rasid not only is a super cool dude, he is funny. I mean, he is a ridiculously <laughs> funny dude. It's a, and I've been blessed. I've been blessed to play with these kids. It's a it's a testament to like long-term relationships too, like just keeping those valid, like even our merch and fulfillment company that we used for a long time rowboat, the two guys that run that were two guys in bands that me and Rashid played with for years. And they went on to, you know, not necessarily do music, but it in the music foreground with the merch company, they supply, you know, apparel and, and merch for all these companies. And they went on to do that. And we, 
we're friends with those guys too. And, and, and all that stuff for a long time is it's crazy how we st we're still, still connected after all these years, the Chicago scene back then was, was ridiculously thriving at, at that time with the local bands too. It was, we had a, we had a really good scene back then. Not, not that there's not one now, but I'm obviously, you know, stuck in my yeah. era. So that's fair. <laughs> yeah. We know the feeling of that one. Bias. I'm, I'm biased to my era, you know, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> same thing. Same thing with us in Florida. Our scene was, yeah. we had the five main bands. It was us, Darwin's, uh, Endo, Groovenicks, and this band called Lost. We were the five main bands. And we all played shows together. And then that scene, you had a bunch of little smaller bands that came up after us. Right now, I don't even know the name of a local band in, in Fort Lauderdale anymore. I have because most of the bands we were with, they're all broken up, you know, they've gone on to other things. So I don't even know, like, just like in Chicago, I know there was a huge scene here. I can't tell you the name of a local band here, you know, like, because uh, I'm just not really that involved with it. But yeah, Florida scene was good. And, and honestly, it started to really go down. Like after we signed, and we went on tour. Like, I didn't really hear much of, I mean, there were still things going on. A couple bands came up, but right now I couldn't tell you what's going on down there. I'm, 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 I'm you know, faithful to my era. <laughs> to go back with, uh, for one second on what Rob said too, about not being able to assign to a record label and stuff. And that's not disappointing because, you know, everything these guys done, I trust because, how couldn't I for 20 years of experience, they've been through the ringer up and down and over and out and swallowed and spit out backwards and forwards. And they know what they're doing. My probably one of the biggest things that I'm, I feel like I'm going to miss out on most of all is, and this isn't even, this isn't even going independent necessarily because the whole, the whole industry and the whole way you buy music changes. My thing is I would, miss going into a record store and being able to buy my own record yeah. walk into a best buy and see my record on the shelf and buy it that i think that like gets at me a little bit more than anything else because that's that's just not the way the industry works anymore anyway so it's yeah. true you absolutely yeah. had to go to some of those independent cd uh, record stores that are <laughs> still open if they are open i know we have a couple around here but i don't, I don't know about the chicago scene yeah, there's a couple good record stores in Chicago. I just recently went to one. Uh, what is the name of it? There's three locations of it. I mean, there's Rolling Stones Records, which has been in Chicago for the longest time. There's another one. There's three locations. I went to one in Milwaukee. Avenue. Yeah, yeah. It's right by the Concord Concord uh, Music Menu, and they have an insane metal metal collection there. So. Uh, I still go on the road. I'll stop. I'll go in into record stores and buy nice. vinyl. Like thing on the road, I have an app called the Vinyl District, and it tells me all the record stores with close to my location. If there's one close, I'll walk over there and see if I can find something cool. But yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss going. I bought every single CD. I've gone into the store and bought it. You know, like I I'm gonna miss that part too. You know, like when especially when I saw my CD on the store for the first time ever. Like, I was like, wow, this is really cool, you know? That so. has to be. Yeah, I'm one of the types of people that I still buy CDs as much as I possibly can. It is it is a lost art. It's hard to find them. Um, most of them I have to get online now, and it's not cheap sometimes. 
when it, you know, when it obviously would be a lot easier just to get the digital music, but it's, I don't know, there's something about having that hard copy, the book and, and just, you know, the whole experience of opening it up. And I definitely agree with you on that part. I agree there. Yeah, yeah man, buying that record and like running home when I was a kid and <laughs> ripping the plastic off and jumping on my bed and popping it in and then pulling the booklet out and reading the lyrics mm-hmm. and reading every credit because yep. yep. that's when I was, you know, I was starting to be a budding musician at the time. So I was reading every credit, trying to remember names yep. of people and producers and who they're thanking and who the bands are and who their crew is. I had to know all that stuff. <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite things of opening the, the sleeve was I wanted to see what bands mm-hmm. they, they were thinking. Yeah. And I saw like my band and other like that we were in like in disturbs thank yous one i was like oh, i was beside yeah. myself you know like it was like, oh this is really cool like and anytime they thanked us you know we thank them we usually do that you know when we release a new record we'll thank all the bands we toured with the year before you know prior but it, it was cool man that was one of the biggest things i wanted to see who was the producer who mixed it and what studio they went to and like just like jason said it was like an exciting you reading this novel basically you know of all this stuff and the lyrics and i remember when i got my first record with lyrics in it uh it was the cheap trick album dream police so i was so excited so, oh my god i can see i can learn this <laughs> exactly so you know now 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 you see it on apple music or Spotify, you see it at the bottom scrolling <laughs> as a uh, lyrics are there as you're uh listening to the song i was a teenager reading those things like books, just just hanging out in my room. I got the album on. I've got the booklet open. I'm following along everything that's happening. It was just, I checked it off the little box so I could get free pizza at Pizza Hut. Yeah, I read a book today. It was, uh, it was <laughs> the liner notes to this new album that just came out. But uh... <laughs> Are there any uh, shout outs that, like you said, you know, you were looking for album uh, on the back to album shout outs. Were there any ones that stuck out to you, that, that a band that did shout out you guys was just, surreal you couldn't believe it machine Head, uh did a shout out drowning pool i remember their Ooh. first record they thanked a bunch of bands and when they when they put us they said non point is the shit <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's how it awesome. is they thanked all the bands but us they said non point is the shit and we were really close with dave uh you know may you rest in peace yeah, rest yeah. In peace. yeah we were very yeah. close with dave and dave like he he came in running into the dressing room we were playing with them in texas he had a Metal Edge magazine and it had the review of our first record statement. He said, dude, look at this. He was so <laughs> excited that our, our record, uh, our record he had nothing to do with. Yeah. That's awesome. Metal Edge. He was so excited. And I'll never, I'll never fucking forget that. The look on his face and excitement, he, how excited he was for us. And it, it was a great review. Uh, shout out to Paul Gargano who did the review. <laughs> Like he uh, he was the editor. Uh, he was the guy, the main dude at Metal Edge. He reviewed the record, and uh, yeah, like that that was great, man. And them, and I'm trying to think of else. Disturbed, Seven Dust, thank have thanked us on their thing. You know, basically all the bands with Torment have thanked us in one way or another. But it, it it was it was cool. But that that's the lost thing now. Yeah. You know, like release digital all you see basically is the credits of who did what but there's no shout outs you know and stuff like that that's all part of that community building as well really and and at least and learning about what the community is too that was our social media back then yeah it really was 
I, I would discover bands from reading those things. Oh, this this band I never heard of that's in their their notes that they thanked. Now I'm gonna look them up. Like it really that was a, a form of yeah. word of mouth in a sense. The one of the biggest ways that I discover bands is by seeing what t-shirt they were wearing. Mm. Why were they wearing the t-shirt? At Metallica, you see them with Misfits t-shirts all the time. I said, Who is this Misfits band? Yeah. And I went and checked it out. And I said, Okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and and I, that's how I learned about Faith No More because uh, James Hetfield had a faith, a white Faith No More T-shirt on. It's like, who is this band? Why is he wearing their T-shirt? And the reason I actually got into hip hop was because Scott Ian was wearing a Run DMC shirt <laughs> all the time. Who's Run DMC? Like, why are they wearing that? This is not metal. And I, I listened to it. I was like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> if he likes it, if he likes it, I guess I can like it. You know, so yeah, it was the liner notes and all that. That was like I said, that was a huge way to get the word out back then. Is that important to you? Do you like do you, do you make sure that you wear a shirt of a band that you support? Well, as I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Voivod hoodie. You know, like I I try I I have hoodies of all the bands that I love. You know, that most of them. So yeah, I try to support as much as I can. You know, I, I try to shout out. You know, I, I think it's important that we've been talking about doing some things where we can get together as a band with other bands and do a cool thing to do online, you know, and I just think we need, everyone needs to, you know, especially coming out of this pandemic, you know, I like we're, you know, looks like we're, you know, about to turn the corner here from what they're saying. Uh, uh, But I think everybody should, all these bands should all help each other, especially after the year we had, nobody's been able to do a damn thing, you know, especially all all my peers, you know, you know, I think it's important that we all get together. And like I said, I'll promote your band as hard as I can. You know, we agree. We're trying to do everything we can to promote everybody as well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to um, we were talking about that excitement of like seeing your record on a shelf for the first time or like hearing it a song played or something. So like Jason, so you guys just put out Ruthless is a huge thing. I know I know you guys have mentioned in that YouTube series that the plan is to start uh, three EPs, about four songs each, and then compile it into an album. Ruthless is, is the lead single, the first one to out the gate on all of that. So like, Jason, how does that feel? That's your, your first official public contribution to the band, correct? Well, uh, yeah, 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 it is. Because the other two things that we did before this were reimaginings of songs already. So there was an originality and a spin that everybody put on them that made them different, including myself. But this Ruthless would definitely be the first full original idea. How does that feel to have that out there? I know it's exciting for the whole band and probably a little bit stressful. I feel like for you in particular, like, okay, this is my debut, like, (laughs) in a sense. Well, it's great because uh, I was excited about the song and and I know a lot of artists will say, you know, they record and they, they, you know, they, they do their songs and then they don't, they don't ever listen to them. I, I don't, I listen, I listen to my music. I, I enjoy the <laughs> stuff I write. So af, af, after it was done and, 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 you know, and I've been, I've been listening to this, to this EP for a year and a half now, and I still listen to it weekly. And it's also like, uh, kind of like reassurance. Like I got, a, I got a, like a week ago by and I'll be like, is that song still good? Let me listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll listen to it like, yeah, it's still good. It's still good. I hope, every- <laughs> I hope, I hope everybody else likes it. I'm, I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident about it. I hope everybody else likes it. So uh, when it finally got to get out there and uh, 
the uh, feedback from it's been overwhelming and and really really good. Hearing Jose Mangan talk about it, you know, on on Octane and stuff like that, and like you know, I listened to Sirius and was a subscriber for a long time, so hearing him talk about it, it's pretty flattering. And we've been listening to it for the past week, and we still think it's good. So <laughs> <laughs> good, that's good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, the thing about too, like how Jason said, you know, I listen to my music too. I mean, I, mo- really, m- the most time I listen to us, you know, when we first finished the mastering mm-hmm. and stuff, you want to listen. But it went, there went like maybe six, seven months that I didn't listen to any of the new songs. Like I had them on my phone, did not listen to them. I said, well, I don't want to get tired of these because I know that these are going to be released in a year, you know? So I didn't start listening to Ruthless again until like maybe March of this, like, uh, like hardcore. And then once it got released, I listened to it, like, I don't know how many times <laughs> I listened to it every single day, you know, like at least 20 to 30 times when I go walking, I just have it on loop. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, it's, it's honestly like one of the best, I feel like one of the, the best songs top five songs you've ever written and, and it's very exciting to to have jason aboard yeah he wrote a fantastic solo on it and uh, and you know and has kept a good tradition you know with the five guitar players that we've had you know? <laughs> so he's definitely kept a really he has stepped up his like yeah i understand when jason first joined the band he didn't know how to play a solo like he didn't know how to solo at all. This is true. And he <laughs> learned the solo, her solo in two months. He had was forced to learn to play solos, and because he's always been like a rhythm type player. And and when he first told me that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. I was like, that's a bummer because he came very well recommended. He had the stage presence, had the image, had the the come from the same school. You know, me and him listened to a lot of probably a lot of the same stuff, you know, with metal and all the, I guess, the new metal, whatever you want to call it. We come from all that stuff. So, but I remember him when I, when I got a hold of him, it was through Facebook Messenger, right? Was that how I got a hold of you? Yeah. Yeah, Facebook Messenger. Then we kept going back and forth. We had a Rue uh, from uh, Ex El Nino filling in for a tour after BC uh, left. And then, um, so he he sent me a message saying I started taking guitar lessons. Like he wanted it that fucking bad. And he took guitar lessons with the shredder dude. And then he sent me videos. So I'm like, holy fuck, he's playing the fucking solo. <laughs> I played guitar for many years. I still can't play a fucking solo. <laughs> you know, and he just went in there and did it. And that's just like, and one of our buddies, uh, one of our old techs, um, Dan Brown, he texted Elias. It's probably one of the best solos he's ever heard in this band. Wow. And, and he, I think there's a huge throwback that Jason does. You know, like there's a, I could hear that solo. It, it reminded me something that Andy, our original guitar player, would do. And it sounds like Andy style solo. And which brings the stuff, which basically brings back the, the core sound of the band. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are really enjoying the track because it has, it feels very familiar to what it was before. Like we brought like this old school vibe from our previous records. There's somebody saying that Elias's voice sounded similar to Statement on Ruthless. 
And then the tuning is basically the same tuning as to the pain. And I think people that, well, I don't think, I know people enjoy when we play in that tuning. You know, I think some of our best songs are in that tuning. And I said, it, it, Jason has brought a, an attitude, a great attitude to the whole situation and, and, and can be happier with the guy. Jason, that's high praise, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> it is, believe me, it is. And I just, I just kissed your ass huge, dude. Oh man, top top five <laughs> songs in a band that that's been that's been making music for 20, 20 plus years. Ten plus albums. I mean, this yeah. is this is my personal opinion. Uh, I think, to my personal opinion, it's "Ruthless" is my favorite non-point song we've ever written. Wow, wow, because it's got every element that I think a song should have. And this and this is coming from the guy who's been here from the very beginning mm-hmm. to for me to say that. And I don't say that about all the records, but there's something just incredibly special. The way it starts alone, you're already setting yourself up for I'm about to explode. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> like holy shit. I think a lot of people are like have like as soon as they, they hear that, it's like, wow, it, they, like nonpoint came right out of the gate swinging. And, and that's what we wanted. And honestly, Ruthless is just a, a fantastic track that I, and I, that I absolutely love. I love playing. I love listening to it. I'm excited to play this live. I can't, I can't wait to play this live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I got a question about that. So you're talking about, about live shows, and, and I got to ask, so a, a couple of questions. We'll kind of connect them together here. So for one, uh, you mentioned listening to that EP. Like we said, Ruthless is the lead. I know there's a lot of this information you probably want to keep close to the chest so you can reveal it in your own way in your own time. But that said, is this is this entire next album functionally done or is it only like just a segment like the first EP of the first two? Is it all ready to go and you're just, you know, rolling it out in in a schedule? Jason, this EP, this particular EP is done. But no, we don't have anything recorded for the next ones. We have songs written and started, hmm. and we know where we're going with them. We just have to uh, put all the pieces in the stew and stir it up a little bit. Nice. nice. <laughs> okay. So how does, here's my another question, because you're talking about, we're just, we're praising Ruthless, rightfully so. Um, how does that feel whenever you you get one of those songs and immediately you're like, Oh, this one's gonna slay live! Like we're gonna. <laughs> this is immediately like instant set list track right here. You know, when all the songs were done, I I did not know what to think of them. I know mm-hmm. they were different. Yep. And it was like this sounds very cool. There's something that I like. I didn't think of ruthless back then. What I think about ruthless now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. You know, like that that because as soon as like we released on those little teasers. And people were like so like into just the little small teasers of the back, the gang vocals. And then when we did the AW thing, you know, the chorus was on there, and people were already like giving it such a favorable review. It's like okay, I, I wasn't like like worried. I didn't get worried or anything. And, and to be honest, like this is the most positive that we have like as far as comments go online and people talking about the song, the positive to negative ratio is like 95 to five. Uh. Like there hasn't been a lot. I haven't seen a 
barely any negativity towards the track. You know, uh, um, it's been very overwhelming now. I think ruthless. Like, I sent it to my buddy, my buddy Sean Glass. That we 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 talk a lot, you know, and we talk about music. And he he described the song in a way, and he's a very critical. And 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 Jason knows him. Like he's a very critical guy when it comes to music. He has no problem telling you what he thinks about a song. He's got no issue with that. And he said, the first word that came out from the first thing I read, he says, anthem. Uh. This is anthem. And for him, to, when he said that, I'm like, okay, if, if Sean approves of this, then I know we got something. Because he is, an, like I said, a very critical guy when it comes to music. <laughs> but now I listen to all the tracks. I'm like, wow, like every single track here. That's something cool, you know. Like I think, I think all the songs are gonna connect with the people. So, uh, but yeah, but like I said, like me and Jason said last year, I didn't feel about not that I didn't think Ruthless sucks or anything. I just didn't know what to think because I'm so worried when I release new music. You know, like you're you're releasing a creation to these people, and like you know, they, all the bad comments come in. You're like, oh, you, you know, like ah oh, shit, like. You know, we worked really hard and all this stuff, but there's been <laughs> nothing but positive stuff. I, I can't. It's just overwhelming, man. So it kind of sounds like releasing songs under your own record companies, it makes you a little bit more vulnerable just because it is you putting yourself out there more so. Is that is that accurate, would you say? Jason? Yeah, uh, Definitely, because you just don't you don't know how anybody's going to take it. And it's it's everything you've put into it, your heart and soul and your the best foot forward. And you're just hoping that everybody's going to be like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> you know, the one th the one thing that I take from this track is what would have happened if we had released it last year? Would the excitement be the same? And I think also the excitement being that root, how it's called ruthless and we're coming out of a horrible year, the worst year pretty much for any of our lives and coming out with a song like that, I think it actually has helped connect, you know, because I don't, like I said, I don't know how this would have reacted last year. And I was talking to my buddy to Rucha about this. How do you think it would have reacted? I, I don't know. You know, but I think that take, taking the time off and coming out with that track is, was a really good idea. You know, like not us not releasing last year, I think, was the best idea for sure. That makes sense. So so I got a, a question about covers. It was well, technically it's a question for each of you. All right. So so first off, I have to bring this up, even even though it's it's not about current news per se. But I want to know whose decision it was for the band to originally do in the air tonight. Because I have a theory. Um, we were on tour <laughs> on the development album, and our old drum tech uh, Scott Drost just blurted that out. <laughs> you guys should do in the you guys should do in the air tonight by Phil Collins, and we're like, huh? And didn't really think much of it, but nobody said anything negative. So then when we went to the studio to do recoil that came up i said you know do we want to do in the air tonight and then i said yeah we give it a stab you know in the first version we did we played it exactly like it is mm. like the and it and was like okay this is not working 
So what you hear, the in the air tonight that you hear is the fifth version of that song. Wow. We went through a, a four different versions. So, you know, it's it's an iconic track, man. You know, it's like fun, especially you your part. Yeah. <laughs> I get the best part of the song, the fill. You do. You know? right. and, and, and the only thing that we used in the song was the actual melody and that drum fill. Everything else was written at my uh, bass player at the time, Ken. Uh, shout out to Ken, super talented dude. Uh, he said, I'm going to take this home. And then the next day he came with a and okay, let me grab the djembe. So I started playing the djembe and we put that in the song. Like, And then from there, we built it right there. Like It took like a week to put that song together. And like he, like he took his bass home and then worked on it at the house after the studio <laughs> session. The next day came in with that. And then it built right there. But And that song has been a complete blessing to us. It's been in trailers. It's been in the Miami Vice movie. Yeah. Uh, it's been in, it's been played at baseball stadiums all across the, the United States. Oh, yeah. Uh, the paint we uh, the, played at hockey, hockey games. You know, uh, the PGA, uh, Major League Baseball, like, commercials, I guess, been like, I uh, thank you, Phil, by the way. Thank you for the song. <laughs> amazing. I, I can't. It's been amazing. And the funny thing is now people associate that song with us like it belongs to us. Yeah. It's so weird. But, yeah, I mean, our former drum tech uh, came up with that idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic cover. Uh, so, thank you. now, on that note, Jason. I want to know what track would you like to cover with this band? Is there something that you have in your, in your back pocket? That you're like, if I could get these guys to agree to this, it'd be fantastic. Oh, there's a, there, there's a list of stuff, but uh, I think a priority for me is I'm trying to get them to revisit the whole tribute uh, thing. So do you guys remember that one? The last track on statement is tribute where they covered the Buster or uh, yeah, Buster rhymes and mm. uh, yeah. all that stuff. I'm trying to get them to re revisit that and do something like that again with the hip hop covers. That would be cool. Okay. Tribute to. Yeah. yeah <laughs> tribute to. That I think that sounds like a solid idea. We'll be, we'll be uh, keeping our ear out and hoping that that we'll hear that at some point down the line here. And you guys have a lot that'll be coming out in the coming years. It sounds like so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I have just one really off topic question that I just wanted to ask before the interview is over, Rob. One of the things that I remember most and every time I've seen you guys live is the way that you set your drum set up is unlike any other drummer I've ever seen. You set it up basically, I guess, perpendicular to crowd so that you're kind of sideways to the crowd. Is there any particular reason that you do that? Or is there anything that led to you doing that? Uh, let me tell you. Something. Nope. Interview, interview over. We're done. <laughs> Out. <laughs> My entire career. As soon as you said what you were going to uh, your question, I said, here comes the, the sideways thing. Here comes the sideways yeah. I already knew it. Uh, in my entire career, me playing sideways has been an absolute curse. Because every single night, it does not fail. I have somebody asking me why I play sideways. <laughs> and then the times that I don't do it, somebody will come on. Why didn't you play sideways? Play sideways. I, gotta, I, I am never going to win that. But to answer your question, 
Um, there's a band, there's a Christian rock band called Striper, and their drummer Robert Sweet he plays Sideways. Huh. And I saw when I lived in Puerto Rico, I saw Loudness and Striper play at a baseball park in Puerto Rico, and I saw that, and I'm like, holy shit! Like that dude's part of the show, you know? Like he didn't look like he didn't look like a drummer that was back there playing. He looked like he was part of the whole situation, you know? Like <laughs> so, and then I saw a couple other drummers do it. I think the drummer, the one of the drummer from the Bad Brains, did it. Uh, the drummer in Incubus, Jose, I think his name, he plays sideways. A drummer from Night Ranger plays sideways. And the drummer from the original, the, no, sorry, the second drummer from Puya, the band Puya, he played sideways. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then ever since then, every single night, somebody asks me why I do it. And I have to explain it every single day. And it, and, it doesn't it, believe me. It's, it's just funny at this point. It's not even annoying, you know. But it, it's funny at this point, but but that's why I do. It. I like being part of the show. I like to get up and walk around when I'm in between songs. You know, I I, I just like I just like to be. I I want to entertain people, and I just think it's I don't know. A lot of people love it, but then a lot of people ask why too. So. I'm a huge fan because the one memory that I have is there was some guy in the crowd pissing you off and like you literally were drumming with one hand and flipping him off with the other <laughs> hand. <laughs> was it, was, it was perfect. I was like, yeah, that's that's perfect. Yep. Where was this? I believe that was the old rock house uh, here in St. Louis. I believe that was during that that concert set. Huh. Uh, 2011. Yeah. yeah, I think 2011. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what he was saying or doing. I just remember that like he was being an ass and then you specifically pointed at him and then flipped him <laughs> off and then he like left and just went away i was like cool that works <laughs> great i don't remember that but i don't put it past me that you didn't miss a fucking beat either that was my favorite part like you didn't <laughs> yeah, I, I put it past me that i did it i don't remember but i'm sure that i did it. <laughs> that's fantastic we're looking forward definitely to seeing you guys on the road at some point whenever that's that's an option especially with these new tracks to to play out there as well yeah, all we have right now are the two festivals. Uh, we're we're looking. Uh, we're hoping to get some some uh, news here soon. So awesome. we'll, de- we'll definitely be posting about it once we find out. Yeah, when you come through St. Louis, you'll see our ugly mugs there. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Jason's looking forward to it. I'll be on the lookout for you guys at the arcades around here, and and we'll we'll see what happens yeah. between now and then. <laughs> Jason, next time you go, let me know. I'll meet you today. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this has been great, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, thank you guys so much for, for your patience and, and everything. We really appreciate it. No problem, bro. Thanks, guys. Appreciate everything. Have a good one. Catch you guys later. Later. So that was part two of our interview with Rob and Jason of Nonpoint. And you know, I bet that that interview would have gone longer if Dan hadn't had to ask that one question. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I regretted it after the fact. You know, it's it's funny too because like <laughs> we uh, we take pride on on doing lots of research for our interviews and making sure that we ask questions that have not been asked. Um, but I failed miserably on that one. <laughs> he was just giving us he was just giving us trouble. Yeah, I, I I think what what we'll have to do is make extra clear that this is this is Rob answering this question once and for all, and we'll just blast this that particular clip everywhere. <laughs> We'll, we'll do the man a favor and be like, 
you know, from now on, if somebody asks, just be like, I already talked about that. It's on the itch. There you go. <laughs> I like that. That's perfect. There we go. So now he doesn't have to be ever asked. He doesn't have to ever be asked again. Even in even in person, whenever they're doing shows again, somebody comes up after the show and they're like, so about the drums, he's like, go to the itch. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and the other thing is, too, is, um, you know, I don't know if with Jason being so new to the band and, and the pandemic going on, I don't know if we were like his first true rock star experience with giving him the interview and and uh, and get, I don't know, like. I'm, I'm hoping it is. It would be really cool if it was. I'd be honored to be honest if that was the case. But yeah, um, and he's he. They're both were super awesome dudes, really down to earth, fantastic guys. Uh, and Jason has has become a fan of us, and so we truly appreciate that. He's even following the show on Facebook, and so it, it means a lot. We we do appreciate that uh, we're mutual fans of each other, Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're putting the man's business out in public just now. <laughs> but hey, you know what? A follower is a follower. We love people who listen to us. So, and that was the other cool thing with Rob is he was kind of wanting wanting Jason to to answer some of the questions and not not hog up all the all the time. So he was want, he was wanting Jason to have that experience. <laughs> He's like, ah, I've been talking for twenty three years. <laughs> it's time for somebody else to do some. It worked out really well because, you know, we already have three people that do our radio show. We were interviewing two people for the first time. So we had a total of five people in this interview and we weren't quite sure how well that was going to work. Uh, the technical difficulties definitely did not help. <laughs> but I think other than that, um, you know, we didn't really have any issues of like talking over each other or, or uh, you know, or just the delays that kind of happen here and there. But yeah, yeah I thought it, I thought it was real, <laughs> a lot of fun and, and uh, it really worked out well. Audacity works miracles. so thanks again to rob and jason of nonpoint for joining us if you would like to hear more about what they're up to you can follow them on the internet's nonpoint.com if you want to check out their brand new record label it's 361 degrees records.com they have mostly uh merchandise up shirts and stickers and some stuff a little bit more information about how the band came to form this label and uh, there will be more music and the like forthcoming from there as well. And we also encourage you to, uh, I know Dan hates whenever we encourage people to listen to other podcasts because we need to be the one podcast to rule them all. <laughs> but but we're going to make an exception for Rob, who does the Robcast podcast with Rob Rusha, their producer and uh, also co-conspirator in this record label. They talk a lot about music. They talk with you know other members of Nonpoint and other musicians as well. It's a fun podcast. I've listened to some some episodes and uh, both of the Robs have a lot of musical insight. Yeah, they're definitely passionate about music. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So I hope you've enjoyed the fifth installment of the Itch podcast interviews. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Keep sharing and doing whatever you can, because the more that you sell us, the more interviews that we're going to be able to get. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Dan. I'm KC. And I'm Aaron. And you've been listening to the Itch Podcast. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com. All at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. So Jason, go first. Say this is this is Jason. I said I am Rob, and you say you're listening to the itch. 
This is Jason. I am Rob, and you're listening to the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm That's kidding. the one I'm, I'm going to use. Just to... <laughs> That's funny.